NHL stay or should the NHL go to the Beijing Olympics? That decision apparently is coming this month, and it won't be an easy one. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. A couple of weeks ago, the NHL put out its 2021-22 schedule, the full season. And in there, they left a big blank spot for where the Olympic break would fall, February 7 to February 22. And they might have done so prematurely, because this schedule then went out everywhere, and even though every one of them comes with the disclaimer that it's subject to change based on the Olympics, it's, you know out there. And I got to tell you, the more I look at this situation, the more I'm not liking it. Take this, please, from someone who's covered five Olympics, including the Winter Games in Vancouver and Sochi, both of which resulted in gold medals for Canada and specifically the captain, Sidney Crosby and both of which were just wonderful when it came to the hockey tournaments. The quality of play, it's hard to describe. You can't really measure what happens in the medal rounds of the Olympics to any other kind of hockey that you can see. It's the best of the best going at it as if, you know, it's exactly what it is, the biggest sporting event in the world. Hockey has always treated the Olympics with immeasurable respect. The NHL players, when they go over, they're not getting paid for that, but they're skating through the wall for their country. They, the players, insisted on the Winter Olympics being included in their most recent labor agreement. Think about that. They insisted that the next two games, including Beijing, would be an absolute must, not optional, not for anyone. That's the extent to which they're passionate about this. They were crushed to not go to South Korea when Gary Bettman and the owners all started getting antsy about oh the lack of spending that the International Olympic Committee would put into travel and accommodations and who'd pay for the flights and all this little stuff which is very very Gary Bettman to be worried about dinky little expenses and short-term vision instead of growing the game but here we are. Here we are. It's 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 there in stone that they're going to Beijing except for one little detail. Yeah, you know what that is. COVID and the Delta variant and everything else are changing things kind of back to where they were. 
And China, which has no wish to be embarrassed any more than it's already been by having been the origin place of this virus, is ready to really, really clamp down on the way the games are conducted. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels. And for a limited time, Fubo TV is offering our listeners a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com DK. Again, 15% off your first month, FuboTV.com DK. With the closing of the Tokyo Games, attention always turns toward where the next ones will be held. Normally, that's two years down the road. And if that were the case now, maybe things would be better. But as it is, the 2022 games in Beijing are going to happen in 2022, which is just a few months away. And so Chinese organizers have made it clear and shared plans for how they're going to hold these events. And by every account, they're going to be clamping down way more than what we all just saw happen in Tokyo. As unpleasant as that was, with no spectators, no joy, no, you know, anything other than the athletes being happy in big, empty buildings. Everything about their interaction, all the stuff that uh, has made the Olympics a great experience for NHL players in the past, the way they've been able to uh, meet and learn about other athletes, about other sports, about other cultures, about other nationalities. Poof, man. None of that's going to happen. They're going to be going over there into a bubble, basically, They're going to be going over there into the original version of the Edmonton-Toronto situation for three weeks? You know, for what? For what? I'll say this again. I'm, I'm the last one to suggest that the NHL doesn't go in a normal setting. I've been a vocal vociferous proponent of the NHL being at the Olympics. I was very, very much in favor of them going to Beijing. Of all places in China where you have a billion people and a potential new audience and new revenue streams and everything else that's there, that's why the NHL, by the way, didn't fight this at all. They they didn't care at all about being in Korea. They definitely care about being in China. And this just ain't it, man. I, I don't see the plus to this. From the player's perspective, I, I do think that the hockey would still end up good. I don't think there's a way that it couldn't. But in a way, it's going to feel like a great big step backward because the way... I mean, I'm not going to sit here and play an epidemiologist and predict what it's going to be like in the U.S. and Canada in, you know, the coming winter. 
I have no idea. We have no idea where this thing is heading. But we do know that we have whatever it is that we have now. And if you look at the way certain situations are morphing in Winnipeg, for example, the Jets have told everyone, you got to be vaccinated to come into the building. Plain and simple, everybody. So they're going to have a capacity crowd. And when you're watching that game, when you're experiencing that game, it's going to be just a normal old Winnipeg versus whoever game. And I have a feeling you're going to see that get followed across North America. And if it does, which, by the way, I'm in favor of because I kind of like public health, you're going to see a certain level of normalcy return with NHL games. And then then you're going to go to China and it's going to be bubble hockey all over again? I, I, I just... I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. I, I'd rather see, I'd rather see everyone wait a couple of years. But that's easy for me to say. I'm not one of the players. Uh, I'm not an older player who might be having his last chance at an Olympic medal. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the league and everyone, maybe even the players, kind of back off here a little bit. When we come back, just one question. back it's time for just one question that's brought to you always on this program by the good people at the greater pittsburgh community food bank where they are committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western pennsylvania visit pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how you can be part of that mission as well pittsburgh food bank spell it out dot org today's question comes from eric who asks why did the Penguins bring back Dominic Simone? Well, I suspect, Mr. Eric, that you're going to see, hear, and read a lot of that question all winter long, beginning with the very first time that Dom doesn't bury a golden scoring chance. The reason they brought him back, without a doubt, is because Mike Sullivan loves to have wingers be able to slide up and down his depth chart. That's his terminology. That's the way he describes it. He loves to have his Brian Rust types who can be on the fourth line or the first line. Not that Rusty's a fourth liner anymore, but you know what I'm talking about. It allows him in-game flexibility. It allows him and the team overall roster flexibility. And I know that in general, across sports, we, those of us who watch the games, no matter how intensely, don't value versatility the way coaches and managers and GMs do. That's just a fact. Because we're not the ones that have to send them over the boards or write up lineup cards or adjust to depth charts. Dominic Simone is a good hockey player. 
That's also a Sullyism. I just didn't use the accent. Simone does almost everything well. When he goes into the boards, he'll come away with the puck way more often than not. That is of great value to this head coach. He and his staff track every last one of those. Once Dom gets the puck, wherever it is on the rink, Dom tends to make a quality play from there. He'll make a really good first pass out of that situation. That also is of great value to this head coach. I don't know that Dom is some elite defensive forward. I don't believe that he is. But what you ask of, first and foremost, of your forwards in the defensive zone is to win the puck and then to make sure you do something intelligent with it. And Dom does that arguably, don't laugh at this, as well as anyone on this roster. And I mean anyone. The advanced analytics will bear that out. Now, the not-so-advanced analytics, meaning the ones that everybody understands everywhere, will also show you that Dom can't score. He's just not a goal scorer. In fact, I'm of the belief that Dom doesn't really even care if he can score. We have seen players become scorers at the NHL level with exhaustive work. Rust is actually a great example of that. Taught himself a million different things. Became a terrific shooter. I'd throw Teddy Bluger into that same mold. Teddy really wasn't that much of a scorer. Teddy has taught himself a zillion different things and has made himself into one. For Dom, it's never really been a priority, and I I don't know that you can make it one. He just doesn't get moved by not scoring. So, okay, great. So put him in a position where he's a depth guy, doesn't cost you anything, two-way contract. Basically, NHL minimum. Okay, what's the harm? What's the harm? As I mentioned on the show the other day, there's seven guys vying for three fourth-line spots. Dom is one of those seven guys, and he's not one of my three favorites to make it. So, you know, no harm. I was surprised and said so a year ago that they didn't bring him right away whenever he got uh, cut loose by Calgary, but then he also was coming off of that major shoulder surgery, so maybe they knew something there. I'm, I'm happy to have him back. I am. Plus, I just kind of like the guy. <laughs> I'm allowed to say that, right? I just kind of like the guy. I appreciate the question, Mr. Eric. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these on Monday. Monday.